What is up, guys? Welcome to Podcast 419. We are a podcast all about making and sending disciples who love and live like Jesus. In order for us to do that well, we have to talk about the ins and outs, the highs and lows of doing life together. That's right. And because of that, when we're living life together, there is no topic that we can't talk about. There's no conversation that's too big because our God is big enough to handle it all. So let's jump in to this week's episode. Let's hit it. All right. Well, good morning or good afternoon or We're good evening. We're doing this again. We don't know when good, they're listening. I know. Good middle of the night or it's Welcome 4 a.m. That's right. <laughs> Welcome to 3 a.m. It's 3 a.m. somewhere. That's an Alan that's, Jackson that's, song. That's science. But we've got what I think is a pretty amazing topic for today, which, I mean, hopefully we would think all the topics are amazing. But we do, we do come up with them, Chad. Yeah, I know. I know. I can't believe that we do. But here's the thing. I honestly, if we're going to title this episode, which I would assume we would, I would say that a fighting title for this one would be The Devil Made Me Do It. Hmm. Now, I, I, we got to throw a disclaimer on it. Oh, yeah. and like, On the title, like in parentheses right next to it? Maybe. Maybe. Disclaimer. But look, this is not going to be like an all, you know, like enemy-centric podcast. This is not going to be... Just, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of us just like, oh, the enemy, the like nonstop. No, that's not the goal of this. We're not trying to give him a foothold or, or a platform that he We're doesn't too much deserve. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And honestly, that's where this has come from. Yeah. Because I asked you the question when we were talking about this of like, how much credit should we give the enemy? That was really what my question was. Sure. And I think it's a pretty valid question, uh, especially in the context of new believers are in discipleship questions like when bad things happen and they inevitably will sure who do we attribute them to and like do we just say, all right the devil did all of this like it's all on him but then i almost feel like we said that's giving him too much credit right so that's our topic for today and i honestly i'm even thinking like so we both play slow pitch softball we do and I'm thinking about this in terms because I, I, I can tend to pitch. That's one of the things that I do. and Very well. Thank you. Mind you. Yeah, I appreciate well. that. Yeah. But I'm glad you said that because I feel great when I strike out someone in so slow pitch <laughs> softball. I feel I am on top of the world. But here's why. Well, hey, listen, nobody, nobody pitches like you, Chad. Well, that's. But here's the thing. I think even in that moment. I might be giving myself too much credit because really yeah. it's not so much. Now I have to throw good pitches. I get sure, that. Sure. You got to throw strikes. That's right. So that way they're swinging, but it's more of a deficiency of the hitters that are swinging through these things because the ball is moving six miles an hour, maybe. Right. And so really it's his deficiency more than it is my proficiency. And mm -hmm. In that instance, like I think that that really just dives into what we're talking about. Because how much credit do we really give the enemy before it's too much? Sure. And then how much of this kind of also falls on us or falls on circumstance or, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a really good thing for us to to dive into because I, I have heard personally so many things that have been blamed on the enemy where I'm just like, man, like are his hands in all these pots? Right, like I've heard... 
oh, I didn't get the parking spot because, I mean, the enemy. It's like, okay, well, someone else did get the parking spot. Like, are they teammates with the enemy? Like, why is this parking spot? Or are like, they hashtag ultra blessed? Yeah, like, why is why is this parking spot the battleground for the kingdom? That, <laughs> right. Like, why is your car needing to be placed there? Like, what what's happening? Uh, and I, I think that we have a tendency, and, and not everybody, we, we tend to go to two extremes. Sure. We will either hyper-spiritualize everything or... We will spiritualize nothing, and sure. I think both are complete misses. Right, uh, and honestly, misses led by the enemy. Oh, he did it again. I, like no, but like real talk. Yeah, I will say that if the enemy does want us driven somewhere, it's probably in in either direction where sure. he gets more credit than he deserves, or we act like he doesn't exist. Yeah, uh, and I think both uh, would leave us into pretty dangerous territory. Right. So here's, and I've had great converse, I've had great discipleship conversations around this very thing, and here's here's one of the things that I really, really wanted to talk about with this. So if we're looking at a situation, because like you and I may have bad things happen to us sure. at the same time on the same day, but we're in completely different locations. Yeah. So I'm vacationing in Hawaii. Wow. You're working. Here. That's yep. Thanks for that. <laughs> like, okay. Well, you could have well, put me. We're anywhere. making up the scenario. I just feel I know, like the right thing that to scenario, do. If you're working I and you're upset about that it, you allowed the enemy to put you in Hawaii. But anyway, say, blame the enemy. That's right. So anyway, here's the thing, though. Like, I don't see. I am unaware of any spot in Scripture where it says that the devil has this like omnipresence, mm-hmm. like he can be everywhere at once. Obviously, I know that like he has he has demons and there's different things that are at his I guess disposal, um, but to me that's that's I would say that that's almost the most common misconception. Sure, and it really is a big miss as far as giving him too much credit because he can't be in so many places at one time. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to just to clarify, like, Satan is not God. Right. Um, like, he is not omnipresent. He is not omniscient. So omnipresent means he's all places at once. Right. Uh, omniscient means he knows all things. Uh, that Those are responsibilities and abilities of our God. That's Alone. Not, yeah, that is not a, right. a Satan thing. Uh, now, he is the prince of this world. So if you're wondering who is the the authority over this world, it's actually not Jesus. It will be someday. Uh, but Scripture says right now this earth it, it's kind of ran through the enemy, uh, so we're living on enemy ground. Like that's a, right. a fact. And so there are pieces that he does have control over. He does have an army that is is geared up and prepared to fight against us. Uh, sure, they've already lost the war, uh, but they're still fighting some battles, and they're trying to to keep us. Uh, just confused about who we were created to be. Right. Uh, and the other tension, though, is there are very real part. Like we were talking about this earlier, there's three different areas yep. um, that we can be drawn into really just lostness and brokenness. Right. Uh, one area is the enemy, right? Like he, like I said, he has he an is army doing something where he is trying to take ground on people's hearts for sure. Well, and scripture is super clear about that. He has a purpose, he has a goal. What is it? Kill? destroy, steal. Like that's what he's going after. That's what he's yep. trying to do. Yep. Uh so that but that's just one of the three. The other ones are the world. So we live in a fallen world where 
broken things happen. Like that's just right. a, a symptom of the world we live in. Uh, and then the third one, which we love to blame the enemy for this because that means we're not at fault, uh, but it's <laughs> desires of the flesh. Like sure. it's our flesh. As long as I've got flesh on me, um, I'm driven to things that aren't good for me. Right. Like I'm driven towards sin. Now I can press into Jesus and he can work that stuff out of my heart, but it's still a process. And even Paul had a thorn in his side that carried all the way through his life. Uh, and so we are going to have things that we're just going to have to battle in the flesh against until we are with him in heaven, with, with Jesus in heaven. Uh, until then, we're going to have these battles to fight. And so there's three different areas that we can be drawn to that can lead us astray. And it's not all just based on the enemy. And I would even even go further to say, if we are interpreting our circumstances through that lens, that can leave us pretty confused too. Right. Well, and I think it's really important for us. So again, like we said, this is not this is not grounds for the enemy to take control of this episode or anything like that. But I do think that if we spend some time um, on those other two, I think that his actual position and his you know his credit, so to speak, sure. kind of comes into focus a little bit more. And even thinking about so I, I don't know, just talking through the piece of us. So what is our part in this? Like when our flesh fails and it will, it sure. does every day because we're human and that's, that's how it goes. Like we were, you know, again, as, as we were talking about this, getting into this, like, so Jeremiah 17, nine, the heart is deceitful above what? All things, all yes, things. And then on top of that, it says it's, it's desperately sick. Poor so guy. that's not Poor a good, guy. Yeah. <laughs> If you saw someone that was deceitful and de desperately sick, that's not the guy that you're picking first for the slow pitch softball. He's the guy that struck out. Poor guy. That, yeah, exactly. That's probably that guy. But we have to recognize that that's the position that we're coming from. That's what that's what Jesus was sent to overcome in mm -hmm. each and every one of us. And so putting our faith and belief in him helps us to head on that path. But it's, it is just that. It's a path. Mm -hmm. And so we have to keep taking steps each and every day in holiness and the Holy Spirit sanctifying us each and every step of the way. But that comes through our own submission to ourselves, uh, or, or excuse me, submitting and giving up things that we would want to do, fully submitting to the Holy Spirit and being obedient to where he's calling us. And that's the alternative yep. from picking fleshly things. That's the alternative from allowing our deceitful heart to lead us. Hmm. We're saying the Holy Spirit, like you lead us. And I love what I love what Paul lays out, and and I'm I'm gonna totally butcher it because I'm not I'm not scripture guy. Like that's just not me. I'm not great at that. I have to usually look it up and keep it very fresh in front of me. But when we're talking about the fruit of the spirit, I thought it was really really great for Paul to walk through. Hey, here's some other things. Like before we get to what the spirit is actually meant to produce in you. Here's some other things that if you see, like you're probably not living things out very well. Mm. And deception is in there. Yep. And and I know that the other one, literally, it's it's whatever the opposite of unity is. Like discord. He's trying. Like these things, our poor decisions are literally driving a wedge. And it, he doesn't care which way the wedge splits everybody. Nope. He just wants the wedge to be there. He being the enemy, and that, that's a win for him. Yeah, and I think I, I want to touch back on what you were saying, because you were talking in a, a little bit about 
um, just the roles and relationship that exists, like your part, my part, God's part. And when we're talking about me and God, really, there's only two parts, right? There's my part and there's God's part. Like, there's not a spot that we put for the enemy's part, no. right? Because if I am walking in faithfulness with God, God is always going to be faithful on his end. Mm-hmm. The enemy has no place in that because mm-hmm. darkness cannot exist in the light. Nope. Like, if I'm side by side with Jesus, that's it, game over. That's... Uh, uh, why believers can't be possessed, right? Like when we talk about like even looking in Scripture, if you want to know if somebody's saved in Scripture right out of the gate, well, if they're possessed by a demon, they're not saved right. yet because then Jesus shows up and starts blowing things up mm-hmm. or Philip or, or Peter, whoever it you is, Paul. You getting that pig. Like, <laughs> we're different episode. <laughs> but all that to be said, like, like our part is what we can control. And when we talk about our part, the thing that's going to battle against that more than anything else is my flesh. Right. And I need to press into Jesus as he can lead me into freedom in that. Uh, because like, that's, that's what he wants for us. Like, that's why Jesus isn't just a saving God, but he's a sanctifying God. Like, right. That's why he, we're given the Holy spirit so that we can really flesh out, um, those things that are in us that don't belong in his kingdom. Right. Uh, and that's the beauty of, of the gospel. That's the beauty of, of God and our relationship with him. And the enemy's got no place in that. Like, no. he would like us to believe that he does. Right. Uh, and some of us do give him a foothold in that sure. stuff. But he actually has no place in that. I do want to uh, address, though, Chad, I think there's a piece for us where we see just bad circumstances. Because we could easily just be like, all right, well, the bad circumstances in my life, then fine, I'll list it off to three things then. It's either the enemy or it's the flesh or it's the world. Sure. Uh, And it's like, okay, but some things that we perceive as bad are actually God-given. And I would even go further to say, like, something, there's a difference between um, the brokenness of this world and consequences for our actions. Sure. Um, and so I, I want to dive into that with you a little bit yeah. because there is a huge difference. And if I am blaming the enemy for circumstances that are coming up as really as a consequence for my behavior, um, I'm I'm blaming the wrong guy. Sure. Yeah. And honestly, this is a very, very this is a tough thing for me because I have I struggle to find the exact words to be able to articulate this well. Hmm. Um, because this was something that like, it had a dramatic impact on me. I think like towards the end of last year as I was, I was studying and there were things that I was going through, um, and and trying to navigate. Uh, I think I was even preparing for a message at one point and, um, and I know that, you know, like I even had to go back and apologize and own stuff because what I wanted to say and what I communicated was not the same. Sure. And it's, there is this idea like, there's God's purpose can be found in, in anything like God will take, he'll use anything that happens to help us to like for his good, for his glory. And it can be our own consequences. It can be bad circumstances. And inevitably these consequences and circumstances can come from just the simple fact that we are in a broken world. Yeah. God's not, uh, it feels like, because uh, one of the things as far as what I misspoke or what I feel like I wasn't, I don't know, I was saying something that I meant to say but also didn't mean to say was it can feel at times as if like God's allowing these bad things to happen hmm. and we gain from it. Like I should, like I should, uh, the apostles, like 
they were flogged, they were beaten, they mm-hmm. were stoned, they were like martyred, they were all these things, and they counted themselves lucky. They yeah. walked away rejoicing because they knew that this suffering was due to their obedience and following yep. what God had laid out. And I, I do think that that does become a very tricky, like, it's some murky waters. At the same time, it's very clear. I don't know if that makes sense or or, or even what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I, well, I think that for me, because I love that. I, I love, like, they're rejoicing because they're, they're man, and I've said it before on the show, uh, podcast, are we a show? Does this count as a show? I hey, mean, guys, welcome to the show. What? Uh, but I, I've I said I it b- before, but this is the only life that you and I get to suffer for the gospel. Right. Like this is it. This is all we've got. Like that that suffering, it's not gonna it's not gonna look the same when we get our new bodies and things are different. Like like it's gonna be very different. Um, but in this world, this is an opportunity. That's that's where that rejoicing comes from. Uh but I, when I think about consequence, um, I think about my daughter, just because I mean, that's a real world example that we have to walk out on a daily basis. And I know you guys have to do that with, with Aiden. It might oh, look yeah. differently, but like that's a part of parenting. Yeah. Uh and so I'll give you an example. My daughter loves to sleep in the loft. She gets that from me. Um, she likes to sleep in weird places. I do too. I couldn't tell you why, but there's just something novel about it, something exciting. I'm sure. in. Uh, and so the the deal is, if it's not a school night, she is allowed to sleep in the loft. Now, the catch is, if she makes a poor decision or if she is not being kind or in, a lot of things that she just has a super soft heart. And so a lot of this stuff, we're just like thankful not to have to really walk out a whole lot. Uh, but there are times where she, as a kid, makes some bad decisions. Uh, and so we, we have to walk through, okay, baby, um, so this this is something that, that happened, and this was a choice you made, and we love you, uh, but there's a consequence for this decision. Sure. So you're gonna tonight you're going to lose the loft. Like you're going to have to sleep in your room. I'm sorry you got to sleep in the bed that you've got. Oh, no. Uh, but to her, that's a big deal. Right. Um, now, is that because of the enemy? No. Um, that's because her parents love her a ton because there's a reality where like it would be easier for us as parents to just be like, meh, whatever, right. uh, sleep in the loft. We don't care. Like just stop making bad decisions. But because we love her, we're willing to have hard conversations and willing to step into, to discipline, which God does with us. Like he doesn't always sit us down on his lap like we do with Lilla and like say, Hey, this is, this is where this is coming from. And this is why sometimes, sometimes he does though. Sure. There are times in my quiet times where he has sat me down and he's been like, Hey, this is why this, this is, is this is not right in your heart, uh, and this is why I've allowed this to happen mm. because I want like I want to work this out of your heart. Sure, um, and that's the grace and beauty of God. Like even walking through that with Lilla, um, because she'll be like, when I'm like, "Hey, baby, we got to talk about some consequences now." She'll be like, "I want grace. I want grace. I want grace." <laughs> like, because sometimes we'll give her grace. Sure, like, uh, and I'm like, "Hey, baby." I'm giving you grace right now because like I'm I'm being gentle and I'm being kind even though you were rude to me. Like I'm sure. I'm giving you grace. Uh but I can give you grace and consequence together. Right. And that's that's something that God does for us and I don't want to blame the enemy for God's kindness and sure. his love and his trying to woo me back to himself. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I think I think even in that yeah, cuz we yeah, we've had our own run-ins with that. And as Aiden gets older, I'm sure it's going to be more intense. And, you know, even to the extent, like, with his poor choices, we, you know, like, he's he loves baseball. Baseball's his thing. Yeah. And he's good at it. And, and you know, he earned a, earned a spot on the All-Star team. And he had to sit the bench oh, because no. he made bad decisions. That's tough. But 
I, I the can't enemy. Remember. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure he wanted to blame the enemy at that point. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's him. But, but again, in those kind of situations, like it's, I know that down the road, I care more about him being a better man Come than on. I care about him being a better baseball player. I love that. And so in those instances, that's how God's, God's already seen the full extent of each and every one of our lives. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what plays out. And he wants us to continue to walk down that path of obedience with the Holy Spirit, yep. to walk closely with him. And so he goes, hey, these are the things that you will need to do to continue to grow closer to me mm. and walk with the Holy Spirit. And so here's how I'm going to do this. Here's how I'm going to navigate it, which is why that question of why is not really for us. Sure. like that's That's his to answer. That's his to, like, we don't need to worry about the why or the how. Like, he's going to do it. Our part is obedience. Yeah, and and so the, the the long and short of it is really this: it's that if we get caught up in playing the blame game, which sure. we teach our kids very early on to not do, right? Um, but when we hyper spiritualize and we try to say everything is from the enemy or from God, because there's we could reverse this, Chad. Sure, we could talk about a you got that job offer that's a blessing from God, or hey, let's give you a curveball. Maybe it's a promotion that the enemy has presented to you because he could do that. Not omniscient, not omnipresent, but could have helped set up some pieces for that. Uh, and he wants you to take that. And you think it looks like this juicy fruit that you could try. And yeah, sure, maybe it's forbidden, but it, it's great. You should try it. It's delicious. Exactly. Um, the point is, like, I'm sure, uh, jumping back to the garden now, I don't. Even, we did it again. I don't know how we got here. Um but there are things that the enemy will present to us that seem like blessings from God. Sure. Uh, and if we are not pressed into the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and trying to discern and trying to understand and praying and getting communities around us and fasting, uh, like doing our part to yep. really bring this to the Lord, uh, rather than just kind of just, hey, what's my best option? What do I want the most? Uh, which is the tendency. I mean, we can be taking things that we think are blessings that are really meant to lead us eventually astray. Um, where it could be a fleshly desire. I know that I have accepted jobs not because God wanted it for me, but because of my pride. Mm. Um, like, there's so many, like, I can get caught up in the currents of this world so easily. Uh, and this isn't, it's not just curses that'll that'll do that. It's it's things that I view as blessings sure. that aren't. I think about my favorite story in the Bible, right? Acts 16. They're in the, or they're in the, the prison, Paul's there with mm-hmm. Silas. They're hanging out. They're singing hymns, doing all their things. Uh, around midnight, there's this huge earthquake, uh, so big that like doors literally fly open. Mm-hmm. Um, chains fall off their wrists. They are literally like nothing is stopping them. Uh, the jailer is comatose apparently because he sleeps through all of this. Wakes up, sees that all the cell doors are open. Assumes it was that biblical times ambient. That's, that's, that's what it is. And uh, assumes that everybody left because it sure. makes sense, right? Like, like why would they stay? Uh, because what a blessing it was for them to be freed up by the Lord, mm-hmm. right? Like this is obviously God. Uh, and the jailer goes to, to kill himself because that was the, the consequence of him failing his job was right. he would be executed. So he prepares to kill himself. Uh, and then Paul goes, hey, hold on. Don't, don't harm yourself. We are not just me and Silas. We are all still here. Yep. Every prisoner in that jail, not just Paul and Silas, were still in their cells. Why? Because they interpreted their situation through the Holy Spirit. Yep. Not through what they saw, or not what through they what would they even wanted. Want. Yeah. Right. Because I, it wouldn't be wrong for them to want freedom. 
No. That's that's like we're built for freedom. God created us to be free worshipers. We're built for freedom. Uh, and at the same time, Paul was at least and at least caught up enough in the Holy Spirit, which I say at least, I mean, this must have been just massive doses of the Holy oh, Spirit. Yeah. Because he was like, you know what? No, I God wants us to stay. Hey guys, we need to stay. We're gonna stay in this cell. We gotta wait. This jailer's gonna wake up. We we got something to do. And what happened? Well, the yeah. jailer yeah. falls on his knees and said, Hey, what what do I need to do to be saved? And not just that. He's and like, he come to my to house. house yeah. He's like, hey, Paul, hey, prisoners, come to my house. And all the prisoners go to his house. And then what happens? His entire family is baptized that yep. day and saved. Like, that doesn't happen if they go, oh, look at this blessing. Right. Let's leave. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. And, and I think that even in those kinds of situations, like, what we want can never outweigh what God is calling us to. Ooh. And that's that's Put that right here, be, right here. Right there. Oh, right there. Ooh, right there. Yeah. See that, John? Right there. Right there. Right there. We're gonna right put there. that, John. He's not gonna do it. No, no he's way. not gonna do <laughs> no it. Chance. We'll see if it happens. But I, I do think that that's really what ultimately it comes down to. Because even in those situations, like if he, if Paul or those guys had interpreted through their own fleshly desires, which is misleading, mm. then yeah, I mean, or they could easily justify it by saying God's clearly presenting us freedom. Yep. But again, like you said, that in, that just that being in tune with the Holy Spirit, he said, wait a minute, I've got bigger things. It's not just that you'd get out. It's that you would get out and then this whole family would get in, mm. you know, for Come eternity. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's yeah, I think that's right. And I, I'm also reminded and I, I shared this uh, a couple weeks ago when I was teaching. But, you know, from this worldly perspective, right, when we're talking about how the world is broken. The world is fallen. We know that. In that, like, Jesus is super clear. Yep. Like, if you're following these things, so if if your choices, if you're aligning with the world more and more, and you find yourself, like, with an easy worldly life, there's probably some choices that you need to rethink. Hmm. Because, hey, wait a minute, like, Jesus is hyper clear in this, right? He's saying, look, if the world hates you, it's it's because they first hated me. Like, I've already been there. I've Come walked on. through this. I, the reason they hated me is because they didn't like the message that I was mm-hmm. bringing. And we know that it wasn't because of how he was bringing it. Sure. Because he didn't come in like the warrior that he could have. He didn't come in like this giant, you know, I, I don't know, just like Conan the Barbarian guy, like slicing people's heads off. Listen to me. Here's how I'm going to do this. He quite the opposite he's sure. healing guys that are putting that want to put him to death mm-hmm. and i mean there's there's just so much example in this that look like we've got to figure out how we separate ourselves from the world and i think that that's a like if we're looking at this and trying to pinpoint blame that's not a great starting point yep if we keep our eyes fixed we keep our eyes focused on what jesus wants to do and how the Holy Spirit wants to keep sanctifying us day after day, then we can begin to see how some of these choices don't align. Mm-hmm. And the things of this world don't align with what we're trying to go after. And we can separate ourselves from those things. And we don't even have to have the enemy enter into the discussion. That's right. right. Yeah, I think and what I really I like the turn that this took, uh, because it's not just blame, but it's also we need to be careful of how we give credit. Because I just think about Man, like if if someone did something for you in your mind, but I knew it was actually going to be bad, 
Right. Um, so I'll give you a horrible example. This is just too, I can't it's wait. too easy. It's too easy. It's terrible. This is total myth. This has never happened. This wouldn't happen. Oh, gosh. Uh, but say someone came up to me and they offered me a beer to be nice. Sure. Right? I could be like, well, this is a sign. Like this right. is this is so kind. This is a blessing from the Lord. Like now, side note, I'm a recovered alcoholic. I should sure. not drink. Uh, and then I go, hey, you know what? This is probably from Chad. Like, and I start giving you credit for it. Well, Chad, right. Chad knows my heart. Chad knows my story. Uh, he knows that I shouldn't be drinking. Sure. And wouldn't do that. Uh, and so, honestly, that'd be pretty hurtful for you, yeah. to, for me to think that of you and to give you credit for that, knowing right. that you would never do that. Sure. Um, Zooming back to before, like we give God credit for things that maybe aren't from Him. Like mm. it could be flesh, could be the world. Uh, again, like when we accept jobs, that's the biggest one that I've ever heard. It's just like, well, if I get the job, that's what God wants for me. Myth busted. Oh, like yeah. that's not that's not how that works. Yeah. Um, could be true. Yeah. But but not necessarily. And we have a responsibility rather than just going with our the desires of our heart, like you were talking mm. about, which is wicked and deceitful. Uh, and really fleshing it out of just like, hey, God, what do you have for me? What do yeah. you want for me? Just because it sounds good, just because I want it, just because it's exciting or I get paid more, doesn't mean that it's what you have for me. Right. Uh, and so rather than just playing the blame game, playing the credit game, so that we can just really just use them as excuses to not be, or let me rephrase, really as an excuse to either give credit and yeah. accept the blessing without really vetting it, or to pass blame so that we're not responsible for what's right. going on. Uh, and either way, look at me. My hands are clean. I'm innocent. I'm either a victim or... Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, or I, you've been gifted. Yeah, or yeah. I've been gifted. Exactly. And and that's the tension is we got to fight that and really press into what God has for us. And we can only do that through deep relationship with Him and with people who are going to keep us accountable. Yeah. Which is what this really comes back to. Yeah. It's like, how does this apply to discipleship, Chad? Yeah, I think that that's, you know, we talk about wise counsel. Like, that's a huge piece of the puzzle in discipleship. Getting with someone that you trust that's walked out things doesn't necessarily always mean that they're, like, way older. It doesn't mean, but they're further along in the wheel. Sure. Like, that's the, that's the prerequisite. Yeah, yeah, more spiritually mature than we are. And honestly, if you can find someone that has walked through that situation that is more spiritually mature... Sure. Like that's huge. Like that's and it doesn't mean and if they it doesn't mean that it's going to be identical because that's that's not always the case. Yep. Uh there always are a bunch of factors. But I I think this is why when we when we talk about wise counsel and making decision it, it's a huge factor. Like mm -hmm. it really just that's a big piece of it. And in discipleship specifically, you've got someone else that can take a step back who's somewhat unaffected yeah. by the results of your decisions. Big. That is huge to say, hey, here's how I see it. Um, and I think that it's wise to do that in an identification of what's actually going on. Yeah. So when something goes wrong, and, and as a discipler, so to equip the disciple makers out there, like if, if you hear this kind of language, it's super important for you to nip it in the butt. Like talk about this stuff. Like, yep. get to it. Hey, where's that coming from? Because if it is a constant accreditation of what the enemy keeps doing, it's like, sure, dude, why are you giving such a foothold? Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's the enemy every time something goes wrong? Yeah, why do you think he has so much power in your life? Right. Because as believers, he should have very little power, right. almost like none. Yeah. 
Well, and again, like what what are the things that refute his power? What are the things that push him back? It's leaning into that relationship with Jesus. We've we've talked about it in worship over the past few weeks, and I think it's a theme for a reason. But just the power in the name of Jesus, and not only just the speaking of his name, but literally the kind of power that results from his name being present. So what does it look like having his name present in your life? All those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. But as the disciple maker, you're listening for those things. You're wondering, okay, where's this stuff coming from? And... There are hard conversations that can come from it, but you've already given that permission. You can step in and you go, look, I'm just going to tell you, because I love you, you've got this jacked up. Like there's too much credit being given or there's not enough. Like you're not aware enough of all the ways that you're allowing bad things or the enemy to step in. And I think in those ways, that's that's a big action step is if you're struggling with this, If this is something that you do, like you don't know the answer to, or you find yourself like the devil made me do it, or this is the devil's fault, it's wise to go seek counsel and say, hey, here's where I'm at with this. What's really going on? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's the the tension for disciple makers that we, we want you to, one, be aware of, and yeah. two, to press into is that hard conversations are a part of the job description. A hundred percent. Like you are like if you are not willing to have a hard conversation, you are not willing to be a disciple maker. That's yeah. just a fact. Um, like it takes risking, it takes trust, it takes relational equity, but it's so important uh, that we press into those things because otherwise we're not leading people into the presence of Jesus or deeper relationship with him. Uh, we're letting them kind of just float around and we're co-signing it. And we're not co-signers here, we're co-heirs, like totally different. Yeah. Um, and so we've got a responsibility to press into this. I really believe that as we have these conversations, um, we can ask a lot of questions and it's going to bring clarity. Yeah. Um, I, like I always believe, like a disciple maker is going to ask more questions than they give answers. We've said that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so even as we hear those, those buzzwords of like, Hey man, the enemy, cause there is a reality where the enemy is a participant in our, in our lives to some extent. Yeah. Um, but okay. So, so how do you know? Um, so, so why do you think that is? Um, cause it could be, um, it also may very well not be. And third option, we might not know. Yeah. Uh, and so let's not give him credit. Let's, yeah. let's, let's press into our relationship with Jesus because the reality is the closer I am to him, the less a hold that the enemy has on my life. Um, will he affect our circumstances? Sure. Like totally could. Like if you look at the outcome for all the disciples, like, most of them didn't make it, and even John, who didn't get executed, they tried. Like mm-hmm. they gave it a shot, uh, and so like bad things. We're not promising like, hey, if you press in, like things are going to be easy, things are going to be good, like you're never going to have hardship. We're saying that the enemy did, doesn't deserve all the credit, and what better? Like why? I think this is why we see. Just to jump back to what you were saying, Chad, like the disciples, they rejoiced. Mm-hmm. And they didn't go, oh, the enemy, I can't believe he did this. Like, oh, he's the worst. He's after me. He's at, well, he probably was. Sure. Um, but they, they didn't focus on him. They rejoiced. Why? Because they were counted blessed for being able to suffer in the name of God. Yeah. Um, like, that's that's it. Let's let's turn away from him and let's look to the glory of God. Like, yep. if, if there's punishment and suffer, suffering that we have to go through, get to go through in this life. Yeah. Easy to say now, right? Like, like 
on a podcast, mm-hmm. but also I know my bride and I, we've been in it. And I, Chad, I know you guys have been in it. Sure. Um, where like we have had to suffer and sometimes in the name of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we do, it doesn't feel like something worth rejoicing. Like yeah. it's not like, yes, it's finally happened. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, looking back, like I am, I'm proud of the way that my family has been able to walk through some of the things we've had to walk through. Sure. Um, and I'm proud of the relationship that we have um, been able to press into with Jesus and I don't know if we would have had that without those hard things. Yeah, uh, which is pretty neat. Well, and I think that that's what I go back to, even in the you know, like what I was talking about. Like, there is no substitute in learning what you can learn from suffering. Mm. There just isn't. Yeah, I don't think that there's any like, there's not an artificial method to learn. There's not a like you know, suffering light. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. not any of these things that like suffering does teach you things that you can't really learn any mm-hmm. other way. And so I, I think if I'm aware of it, then God's probably aware of that too. And again, I'm not saying that God causes us to suffer. He's putting these things intentionally to hurt us or anything like that. But I think that there's a validity to then him turning around and saying, okay, this is a circumstance that you've walked through. Sure you can use this to learn. Like yeah. you can walk through this suffering and know. And again, like to me, there's no substitute. I've learned way more in the times where I've suffered and the other ways that God has used it down the line. Because then my suffering, I, I would, you want to talk about rejoicing and counting myself lucky. Hmm. It's been years separated from like the miscarriages that we, that Alyssa and I've walked through. But the benefit to be able to comfort and empathize and walk through with other couples that have mm. suffered it. I almost like, obviously I, I would not wish to walk through it again, Sure, but thank God that God in his wisdom and his kindness and his grace and his mercy allowed us to experience it. And then later on down the line, we were able to use it and see the benefits of walking through it to help another couple mm. as they walked through it because they were, they were not by themselves. Whereas we were, Sure. And so it was, again, it was a grace that we even were able to see that play out because for some of us, we'll ne- we won't see that happen. We won't necessarily see the benefits of the suffering that we had to walk through. And so uh, to me, it's like, all right, I better rejoice. I better take advantage and, and be thankful for what he gave in those instances. Yeah. And I think that's the, the beauty in this because I, like, I know that I, I can only imagine what that was like for you guys to walk through. Uh, and at the same time, I love it when God takes something that was dark, yep, and He turns it into a light for others. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I love that, and that and that's one of the reasons it's really important for us to just say, really on the back end, is God does not cause all suffering. Like some suffering, like is like consequence that He yep. allows. Um, I will say all suffering He allows, though, because unlike the enemy, He's in control. He's in. He's all like God is all powerful, mm-hmm. omniscient, omnipresent. Uh, and so he has the power, and this is something we've had to walk through just in our, in our family with some health stuff in our family. Sure. Um, is like, okay, so God, like, why are you, I, we're not saying you caused this sickness, um, but you you are certainly allowing it because you're all powerful. So why, why is that? And really having to wrestle through that. Uh, and I think that one of the reasons is what you just shared. I mean, there are, there are loads of reasons, right? The ultimate thing that I have to lean on in those instances is rather than, oh, the enemy is causing this. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, God is allowing this. And so if he is allowing this and it's promised for good, then there's something there that I need to choose to trust in that exactly. I may see the answer to. Or I may not. And I may not. Yeah. Uh, and I have to be 
just as pleased and joyful with both. Yeah, or I have to try. Because I have to try. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, because inevitably I will fail, right. but I have to try. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the tension that we want you guys to, to really wrestle through, uh, sure. whether it's uh, in your personal life, because I, I know that this is something that many of us as believers, like we've just like we've wrestled with like, whose fault is it, right? And I don't right. want it to be mine. No. Uh, and so I want you to wrestle personally. And then in your discipling relationships, as, as you guys uh, really kind of wrestle through some of those just key phrases of like, oh, the enemy made me do it, or uh, man, like the devil's just after me today, or, or whatever it is, or that parking spot, because let's be real. That was my spot. The enemy's playground <laughs> is the big lots parking lot. That's right. Uh, whatever it is, we want you guys to to catch on to those key phrases and then be willing to press into those hard conversations. Yep. And an easy way to do that, just ask a lot of questions. Don't leave it there because sometimes they'll give you answers. They'll be like, oh, it's because of this, 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 and this. Okay, well, you still need to press further uh, because there's something behind it when our perspective is, hey, I'm going to look at the enemy versus look at what God has allowed. Mm -hmm. uh, and I want to shift my eyes to, okay, so God, why are you allowing this? Can you let me know? Please let me know. I want oh, to yeah. know. Uh, but if you don't let me know, I'm still going to choose to trust. Even if he doesn't. Uh, and that's uh, that's what we want you guys to wrestle through. And that's the kind of conversations we want you guys to have as disciple makers. Yep. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us this week. This is Podcast 419, helping equip you guys to be the disciples that you're meant to be following Jesus, changed by Jesus, on mission with Jesus. That's what we're all about, Matthew 419. That's where that comes from. We love you. We will see you next week. Peace. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. We hope that you were able to walk away with maybe some tips, maybe some more information, or just some more clarity on what it means to make and send disciples who love and live like Jesus. We hope you'll tune in next week. We love you guys.